I can go alone, but I, I much would rather go faster. You're listening to the Corporate Creative Podcast, where we're talking about becoming the brand and the business. Whether you're looking to advance your career or grow in entrepreneurship, you're absolutely in the right place. I'm your host, Jade Hendrick, and I talk to professionals who drop the gems you need to create the life you desire. So let's get into it. Just What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Corporate Creative Podcast. If you are new to this, welcome to the tribe. And if you're true to this, then welcome back. It is always a pleasure. Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you guys to follow us on social media at Corporate Creative Pod on both Instagram and Facebook, as well as to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I say that word a lot, um, be sure to rate the show five stars and to leave a review. I do plan on starting to read reviews on the shows beforehand, and I appreciate those of you who already have left one. Um, If you scroll all the way to the bottom when you search the show, there's a a button or an option that says leave a review. So I really would appreciate if you listen to this podcast often or if there was an episode that you really enjoy just to leave a review. Um, The more reviews and ratings I get, the more people I'm able to reach. So please be sure to help me do that. Today's episode is jam-packed full of gems. I get to talk to Vestavia Smith, who manages a full-time day job and has several business endeavors outside of work. Um, It was really great to talk to her because she has a very interesting perspective on this idea of balance and what that means. And for her, balance doesn't exist, but she does find a way to be intentional about her time and to evaluate her capacity, as she puts it, which I absolutely love. Most recently, Vez launched her newest endeavor called Sleepkeeper Consulting, where she works or serves as a sleep consultant for parents and children. And I think it's awesome. So we get to talk to her today about all of those things, her serial entrepreneurship, her views on what it means to be an expert and how she evaluates her capacity in order to be and serve as well as she does in all of her endeavors, both inside of the office and outside. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Vestavia Smith. Welcome to the show, Vestavia. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited about our conversation today, Um, but I usually just kick off every episode asking who you are and what you do. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that question is usually the most difficult for one for me to answer, but uh, Vestavia Smith was born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, you know, super student, at least in my opinion, from kindergarten on up. And then after I graduated, decided, you know, I want to leave town. I want to leave Montgomery. So I found myself at Fisk University, uh, graduated from there, and then went uh, almost immediately into the workforce at, at Cat Financial, um, where I still am in a management training program um, that I'll likely graduate sometime next year, um, and then started in a supervisory role. Um, but on the side of that, um, in my day-to-day, I'm a parent. Uh, I had a, a baby girl in September of 2020. I'm also planning a wedding. <laughs> and then on, on top of that, I, I do um, dabble in quite a few entrepreneurial ventures um, to kind of top it all off and round it out. So yeah, that's <laughs> lots of stuff going on, but it's so cool. And I, I'm super glad that we'll be able to 
hit on a lot of those things today. So um, the first question, because you talked about, you know, you're into all of these entrepreneurial ventures, but what was your very, very, very first job like ever? My very, very first venture was actually as a, um, an insurance agent. So at 19, um, I was in between my freshman and sophomore year of school. And I was like, I just need a little bit of money. I need some income. And so I um, connected with someone that I was close to at church. They had been in the business for a while and actually got me uh, into it. They got me started. I got my life license in Alabama. It's now expired. So to everybody, don't let that happen. Then you have to go back and take the classes again. But um, that was my first venture. It was um, not one that I continued, but it taught me a lot about what it takes uh, to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about, or you kind of taking me through your career journey in our intro call, you kind of talk about just a bunch of different things and hopefully you'll get a chance to talk through some of those things <laughs> today. But one thing you said that I really liked was I'll try anything once. So what, like, how did you get to that mindset? And then kind of what has been your approach to, or your method of learning as you're moving from venture to venture, project to project, because they, they do vary quite a bit. So maybe you want to mm-hmm. talk about what else you've done and then kind of t- answer that question as, you know, as you go. Yeah. So we'll touch on what I've done and am currently doing. So I started off in life and life and health. So selling, you know, policies, life insurance policies. And then from there, uh, I guess you say I got into travel. I'm an avid traveler myself. And so it just made sense to make a business out of it. And so I do currently still plan a lot of trips, not only for myself, but for friends and family who want to enjoy some travel. Uh, I also am into investing. My degree is in finance. Uh, so that one kind of connects to what I went to school for in the first place. Um, and so if people want to learn more about investing, uh, they can uh, also they can st- uh, schedule time with me or they can um, have access to the platform that I use to kind of get up to speed on what it is that I know. Uh, and then recently, I'm still uh, in the middle of completing some practicum hours to begin my own sleep. Um, consulting or pediatric sleep consulting uh, company. And that one was born out of pure sleep deprivation. Um, As I mentioned, I had a child recently and, you know, sleep is just not one of those things that no sleep is not something I can do. And so I had to hire someone and eventually became passionate about the science that's behind sleep and want to help other other parents know that it is possible. Um, And so I don't know what about all of those things, you know, about me makes me want to pursue those things. I think I did watch my dad. He was an entrepreneur. He's a truck driver. He's had his own company for as long as I can remember. Um, I think watching him just take chance, you know, take chance after chance, it was not something I could articulate, you know, a while back. But now that I look back over all the things that I have put my hand into, Um, I think it's just the fact that, you know, I have that experience watching him as well as something in me that is just not satisfied with like the status quo. I always kind of think I wanted something else and I've not been able to put my finger on that, what that something else is. And so getting diverse experiences in different lanes is kind of, I think, leading me towards what my passion is, which I guess that's the overall purpose. It's like, I'm just seeking to fulfill whatever purpose it is that I'm here for. Um, and so I do that by taking leaps of faith <laughs> in, in different areas. Yeah, 
That's good. Um, and I, I think it's really, I think it's a good point just to even go back to say like your dad was an entrepreneur and you were exposed to that, the lifestyle, the behavior, the discipline of um, starting and growing a business, one or multiple. And I think that's really cool because everybody doesn't get that opportunity, right? So even then, even though you had to do your own thing and figure out what works for you and find a cadence that helps you sustain the lifestyle that you want, um, you were able to kind of have that as, a, as somebody to go to and say, well, what did you learn from this? And maybe I didn't understand it then, but now that I'm in it, like I get it now, dad. And I mm -hmm. think that's just really cool. So um in, in general, like what has been your approach to to learning? I, I know you you mentioned when you introduced yourself, like you like, I've just always been a really good student. Is that just kind of like, <laughs> is that how it just is like, I just like learning new things or is there something more to that? I think it is really just that I like learning new things. I mean, I think if you were to ask my line sisters, I'm the one or two on the line that they'd be like, if if you had to ask one person that knew a lot about a little bit of like a little bit about a lot of things, I'm that person for them. And so I think because I've become a resource to so many people, it just encourages me to want to know more things so that I can continue to be a resource. Um, I don't know if it's just because I, I have siblings. And so there was just a lot going on when I was in a child and reading was kind of like the escape. That was that me time that I got. And so I was an avid reader and I think that probably contributes to just the fact that I like to consume, consume information. Yeah. Were you the oldest or where'd you follow with your sister? I'm the oldest. Um, okay. of, yeah. I'm the oldest. And so, yeah. <laughs> I just, yep. The natural leader and everything. Yeah. I'm the oldest too. So I'm like, I get it. When you said it, I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I just need to know. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, so here's another question. We live in a society where like people have shifted to positioning themselves as the expert. And mm -hmm. you talked about, you know, you know, you know, a little bit about a lot of things. Um, and so even just watching you on social, you know, for a while you were doing the investing. I didn't even know about the insurance, but I saw you kind of talking about your your learning journey and investing and then kind of moving on. Um, have you you know, what are your thoughts on that in general? And then have you ever felt like people were trying to put you in that place and you wanted to be there or you didn't want to be there? Yeah. Um, so for starters, I, I'm still very much, you know, in the investing space, but I found that sometimes there was that outside pressure for me to build. Um, and so when we talk about the ventures that I've been a part of, they're direct, they're direct sales, what we call, you know, multi-level marketing companies mm -hmm. that get that allow you these opportunities to create your own income. And I wholeheartedly believe that I mean, that's that's a way of the future. Um, you get to dictate your schedule, you get to dictate your success and you get to dictate your income based on your effort. Um, but in certain venues or in certain spaces, especially investing, I, at least at first, didn't know that that's not, I don't think that that's what my purpose is. My purpose is to educate people um, of the benefits of knowing and having this information. And so I stepped back from building, which is why it seems like I, I, it may seem like I'm just not involved anymore, but I am on the teaching side more. These days I have small groups um, that reach out to me about, you know, getting started um, learning about cryptocurrency or getting started learning about the foreign exchange market. And I much enjoy, I much rather teach people than build a team. Um, so that's that I do feel like in some ways I, I was not pressured, but it just, it behooved me at that stage to, to have income from both streams, learning to invest as well as getting other people to learn to invest. Um, but on the on the flip side, 
I think for every opportunity, it's just that after I, I always do something for 90 days, I'll say that I will commit to something for 90 days at minimum, because I think that gives you enough time to, I don't know, get, get into a flow, understand what it is that you're doing, especially if you've committed you know, time per week to whatever that venture is. And then after 90 days, I reassess, um, you know, I kind of have this period where I'm like, is this serving me? Do I have the time and capacity to continue to do this or should I pivot? And that's just where I find myself. And that's why, you know, sometimes it'll seem like, okay, she just flipped and she, she just flipped and went the other way. I'm like, yeah, I pivoted because I found that this no longer serves what I'm working towards right now, or at least I need to alter that so that I can know do something else we all are going through seasons and phases um, and I am very quick to readjust if I need to yeah can you run those three things back again that was really good you said uh, the, the capacity like, yeah your yeah. three kind of your three just you know factors for making a decision to stay or, or move yeah um so the main one is definitely capacity <laughs> um what things like what goals have I already set for myself And where am I in achieving those goals? How does the thing I'm working on serve one of those, like help me to achieve one of those things? Um, And then uh, for me, it it is all about time and season. Um, And so there's like right now, it just seems like I'm I'm all over the place. We are currently planning a wedding. I just don't have the capacity to do everything that I could do in the middle of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. And now I have a one-year-old who's much more active than she was at you know, certain stages of the year. And so for me, it's really about, you know, can I commit to this? And if I think I cannot, then I'll make a pivot or I'll make an adjustment um, to to my schedule because I always want to show up. I don't want to, you know, do something half, half the way I told you I was an excellent student and I take things like I have this spirit of excellence and I have to do things to the best of my ability. If I don't think I can do that, then I don't have a problem saying, hey, I can't do this right now. Um, and I, I, that doesn't mean it's no forever. It just means I can't do this right now. Yeah, that's such an important skill to have, just the ability to say no, because I think we sometimes like we have to do everything because it's presented to us. Um, and so I think it's just a great skill. Maybe it comes with, you know, you having other responsibilities outside of just you now, you know, with mm-hmm. family and your daughter and she's kind of in this developmental phase. Um, but I just think it's a great skill to have. It's something that I'm actively working on. Um, and I think it's something that, if nothing else, people from this, people listening to this episode can be like, I need to try to practice that more often, whether it's just saying no to friends to start off, like, hey, I can't make it this weekend, like, really wanted to, but I can't. Um, yeah. actually had Lamar Allen on an episode a while ago, and he talked about this, like, the idea of being selfish, but it's not a bad thing, it's just I'm protecting my energy, protecting my space for whatever time or season that I'm in. Um, yeah. and it's just, it's a valuable asset to have, I think. Um, You mentioned a lot, like, you know, talking about potential pivots. Has there been a a particular venture that you just absolutely decided not to continue with? Yes, I I absolutely probably will never sell life insurance again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's not because I don't believe it's valuable. Uh, I just believe I can be a resource to find that, to get you that information and that coverage. If you need it, we have some fist guides that I love and have purchased policies through myself. And I would gladly, you know, send them to you, but as for me and my house, so we cannot, we cannot (laughs) 
of, you know, we just, I can't do that. And it just doesn't spark the fire for me, uh, regardless of how important I know it is. Um, I will protect myself and my family and we'll make sure that we have those measures in place, but it won't be something that, you know, I make a source of my income. Yeah, that's a, it's a grind and it can become (laughs) real, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to use the wrong word. So I'm not going to even say what I was going to say, but I get it. Cause I did do, I sold life insurance too, uh, as an internship, but I was like, if this is what it's like day to day, I don't, I don't want it. It's not for the faint of heart. It's we'll, not, just, no. we'll just say yeah. that. Oh, that's a compliment to those that are doing it and doing it Absolutely. well. Um, yeah. But I know my strengths and that one just wasn't, and it wasn't one that like sparked a fire in me. And so I'm, I'm going to be real in, I'm just in tune with, you know, if it doesn't make me excited to, to get up and do it, then it's probably not something yeah. uh, that I should be doing long-term. So. Especially when you have other things going on, nine to five life, <laughs> you know, all the <laughs> other things. So um, one thing I really appreciate about your perspective is your approach to creating a life that works for you. You literally just said this um, via your business and development ventures, you know, all those things was, was that on purpose or was it more going with the flow of newfound interest? Yeah, I don't think any of this came natural at all. It's probably, um, you kind of, you know, how we're, we're like, you know, hindsight is 2020, you know, one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, for instance, I found out I loved traveling when I was in 11th grade. Uh, I traveled on my own for the first time to DC. Um, and then I traveled internationally for the first time when I was a student at Fisk, I went to, to China. And so those kind of like involved, like evolved into businesses. Uh, I was like, I'm never going to not travel. And so, and, and people are going to always travel. And so I might as well make, you know, make an income of this. And then for travel, as far as travel is concerned, I benefit personally um, from being a, a an agent. I think I mentioned on on my you know info call that you know I like using my credentials just so that I can stay in places that I've never been and experience mm-hmm. things I've I've never seen for you know, half or a third of you know what it would cost if I didn't have credentials behind my name. Um, and yeah. so some of these are born out of. I won't say, I won't say selfishness, self-care, uh, yeah. <laughs> the need to take care of self. And I take care of self by traveling. Um, and so, you know, that's why we're in Atlanta now, just enjoying um, all that, like every, like all that different places have to offer. And then uh, the sleep consultant was born out of exhaustion um, <laughs> and having all this access to this information online that was not working, you know, that I didn't know how to implement slash was not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hiring somebody uh, that I had a great experience with. And, and then it just seemed to make, you know, make sense. And so, yeah, all, I think everything is just for me is born out of interest um, versus it just being something that comes to me very natural. Um, there are, there are people, there are entrepreneurs that I think like, this is just their natural gift for me is born out of like necessity and interest (laughs) yeah so before we move on to the sleep coach thing because I do want you to talk more about that um how do you get good at a particular thing and this could be you personally or like maybe just advice for people that are like I'm interested in you know travel the travel becoming a travel agent or just learning something well enough to be able to speak to it or be successful in it like how do you get good at a particular thing so in my case I've always 
not had a problem paying an expert to help me with getting up to speed. And I think sometimes people are hesitant to do that. You can absolutely do things for no cost. You can absolutely learn information at no cost. That's just not the way I've chosen to do things. And I say that from the fact that I do have my nine to five supporting my extracurricular interests. And so I can go out there and say, you know what, I don't have time to Google for five or six hours a night to learn X, Y, or Z. I need to put myself in a position to have access to an academy that I can watch that can teach me this information very quickly. Or I will pay an individual or a coach to help me get this off the ground. And so that's been my method. Um, I believe I can go alone, but I, I much would rather go faster. <laughs> and so I will hire someone or I will buy a thing. I, I don't hesitate to buy courses. Ask my fiance. He did every other, <laughs> you know, every other quarter. He's like, what? So what now? Um, but that's me. And I'm very confident speaking to what to the areas that I do work in because I have spent that time and I have invested, you know, those funds to get the information. I feel like I need to be successful uh, in that venture. Yeah, that's good. Investing yourself is, is a big thing. And I, and I like that you even just pointed out the fact that you will pay people to do that. I think we are, there's a, a big hesitancy. I'm hesitant myself sometimes, like, is it worth doing this thing? And I just learned that there is a lot of value because to your point, there are people who do spend that time um, learning something and getting good at it and then try to package it to give to other people to make life easier so you're not, you know, binging on Google for several hours in a night, you know, yeah. um, and then still not really making much progress because it's only so much you can absorb that way. So, yeah, um, yeah I love that. Thank you. Um, so let's move into this this emerging sleep coach. Can you kind of talk about, you mentioned, you know, hiring somebody to, to come in and help you. Um, so what was that experience like as a new mom? And then like, how did you get into wanting to do this for for yourself? Yeah, um, I will say like prior to hiring a sleep coach, there is probably nothing more. And I, I don't know what the word for it is, but not it's not insulting, but it's just like I knew that there would be a lot that comes with motherhood that I did not know. Obviously, I had no I have no prior children. And so, you know, this is all of the experience for everybody. But there's just nothing quite like there's no feeling so low that you cannot get your child to go to sleep. <laughs> um, and while I knew sleep was important, I didn't I don't think I understood that there is there's really a science behind sleep. And if you have kind of the information that I have now prior to like embarking on this journey with your child you can help to set them up and yourself up to to get better quality and more and more sleep and so um for me it was born out of pure frustration um I'm mad the baby's mad Corey's mad everybody's mad nobody is sleep you know nobody's sleeping and so I broke down I was like I just need somebody to help and, and sleep consulting or and sleep teaching, I, I like to refer to it as sleep teaching instead of consulting, is not a not very popular. It's, it's, it's an emerging market, we'll say that, an emerging mm-hmm. industry. Um, there have been people around for a long time that talk about the like the sleep teaching industry, um, but I think it's just gaining traction right about now. Uh, and and for me. I was like, well, everything else I've Googled and tried is not working. And I follow some people on YouTube that I 
I was like, I feel like I'm a part of their community. And they talked about it. They had a child right around the same time I did. And I reached out to the exact company that they reached out to. And the person that I work with, um, I mean, empowered me, which I think was the most important piece. I felt empowered after my two-week experience with her. Not only did she give me the facts and the tools to help my child to get to sleep, but more important than that, I walked away from that experience feeling like a better prepared, more competent parent. Um, and so I don't even know that, that that answered your question, but that's what the sleep, like that's what sleep consulting and me having an interest in this industry was was born out of. Um, and now I just, I want other parents, I, I, my, my intention is to work with, you know, black and brown uh, individuals because our community, um, I don't know that tends not to see this as a problem. Even I didn't see it as a problem. It was just an expectation that the first year or so or more could be difficult, (laughs) Um, but it does not have to be. Um, And so uh, when I launch, um, that's going to be my focus um, audience. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I didn't even know it was a thing. So like you said, an emerging market, it, it for sure is because is when again, you know, I know there are probably books out there. Um, I, I follow a lot of uh, new parents or people who are kind of coming into parenthood and trying to really um, change the narrative or rethink how they were raised and like do better for their children. And so it, even though I'm not a parent, I'm like taking in this information, like these are just good things to think about in general. Um, so I, I love that. And I love that millennials have been more introspective that way about like what what is something about my childhood or what are things that I didn't realize that I could do better when I decide to become a parent or as I'm a new a new parent now as I'm parenting yeah, yeah exactly um so what have you found in your training so far and your momming yeah. <laughs> that come that comes um like when it comes to sleep training and sleep habits yeah so as far as uh, sleep habits I think prior to getting the training that I have it was it was kind of like I, I can tell you what people told me it was like she will eventually fall into a sleep pattern and um leave her be she will eventually fall asleep and those things are true like your child will eventually fall asleep and it, but it's likely after they've yelled for quite some time and they're just exhausted and, and now their body is doing what it has to do now to mm-hmm. to get that to get that sleep in my in my momming it really has been about um making sure i understand what the the science behind sleep is and how sleep impacts the rest of the day um so i thought i had a fussy child i just thought she was naturally fussy turns out she was just sleepy like you know she's a much more on this side 15 months old she's a much more like active and silly like being than than she was prior to it was it was was like just cry central prior to us investing um in the information that I feel like we needed but now that I have the tools and also the training um I mean trying to get her to sleep while traveling is is easy like we just replicate her sleep environment as best we can in new environments we've not had an issue there um, in my momming though, I have found that taking care of the sleep portion helps me to, to be able to be present in the other portions of, of momming. I do think like you, to your point, our generation is very introspective in like, can I be a more gentle 
parent and that's mm-hmm. not a slap in the face to our parents who no, did what they yeah that they who did what they thought was best um and that's not to say that I won't take some things that I learned from watching my mom be the best mom she could be for me and my siblings not to say I won't take some of those things that I learned from her and apply them in my parenthood but I also think that there's no harm in me doing things slightly different me I, I follow a lot of um, mom influencers uh, as well on, on IG and um, I will invest in like how how if you've heard of an account called Big Little Feelings I will in, I will invest in things like that that will help me to combat some of the trauma you know just traumas and that's such a like a it could be a nasty word but yeah you know what I mean there are Mm -hmm. there are things from our childhood that we don't know that we can interject um and and place on other people and so helping me to address those things like can prevent even getting to those you know those blow-ups or that frustration uh, and that inability to communicate with your child. Um, and so for me, it's, it's investing in sleep has opened my eyes to investing in, in other areas of, of mommy, because I do want to be a gentle parent, you know, a gentle parent that is, that allows my child the ability to express how, how she should in inappropriate manners, yeah. um, but to never be afraid to express her emotions. Um, and so I think that one investment is just totally flipped the, the the table on how I will parent in the future. Yeah, that makes me excited just to even like the possibilities, right? For you, for for other parents out there, like there are resources out there. There, it's okay, like you said, I love that. It is okay to to recognize that you want to do things slightly different, even if you didn't have any fundamental issues, you know, for lack of a better phrase, with your own childhood and upbringing. Um, there's an episode in season one of this podcast where I talked with um, Monique and I can't think of her last name right now, but we talked about trauma and there's big T trauma and little T trauma. And I think what you were referring to is are those little T's that they, they do impact you and they, they um, affect how you consider, you know, decisions in, in life or how you're, how you respond to them um, moving forward. So if you guys have listened to that and you're just curious about like why we use the word trauma in general, um, I highly recommend, you know, checking out the episode and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, so the last thing about sleep, and I don't want people to give you like, oh my God, the sleep conversation, but it's so good. Cause I think, you know, sleep habits as a kid, like you said, or as a child, younger child will help kind of, you know, it'll help you build the habits when you become an adult, because I don't think adults get quality sleep either. Um, so like, <clears throat> how do how do we get better sleep (laughs) like are there are there tips that that you've learned you know as raising your daughter that we can think about or be more cognizant of as we're trying to get quality sleep yeah if we're talking about your listeners who potentially have kids we want to focus on those foundations what is their sleep environment uh, like and does it optimize their ability to sleep well we're talking no distractions we want blackout curtains we even want what we call white noise because it it just trains the body to relax and fall asleep um and we want proper temperature because that'll that'll help you to 
to get to sleep and stay asleep. Um, but to be aware, I mean, like be cognizant, it is completely normal for you and your child to wake up in the middle of the night as you transition from sleep cycle to sleep cycle. Um, next, we want to talk about how nutrition impacts sleep. Um, I mean, especially for a child, how often they're eating and what they're eating can impact their ability to wind down uh, when it's time for sleep. And so we just always want to be cognizant of what they're eating prior to um to go into sleep or whether they're, you know, if they're needing to take a nap, you also want to be cognizant of what they're eating prior to naps because if it has sugar or has things, you know, it just may make it a little bit more difficult for them to, to get to sleep. Um, then we want to talk about routines and this is for adults and children. Routines are, are like your signal, your internal cue um, that you should be moving on to something else. So if you can, do the same, perform the same three steps for your child and for yourself right before you go to sleep. You will train, you can train your body to, to know to relax um, prior to you getting in the bed. And so a routine, I know it can be difficult, um, but it's, it's really important. And especially for a child, them knowing what comes next helps them to relax um, more and then have the ability to fall asleep a, a little bit easier. Uh, and then lastly, we talk about awake windows. This is a little less important for adults, but for children, there's a certain amount of time that they should be awake between sleep periods. Uh, and this is dependent on their age, uh, but the younger the child, the shorter the awake window. <laughs> um, as And when they get around that three-year mark, you know, they, they're probably dropping the naps completely and, and staying up. Um, throughout the day, but for your younger children, um, you want to look at proper awake windows because if they're going to sleep overtired, they likely will not be able to 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 get to sleep or stay asleep uh, as they transi transition from cycle to cycle. Uh, for adults, we just have to do a better job of prioritizing uh, rest um, because if you have in insomnia, um, which we all may have a touch of, just with the the way that we operate and move around from day to day, it can be impacting your body's ability to get on a, a clock. You may be running through your melatonin, which is what we need to, to go to sleep. And I know some adults will use an, a supplement and that's fine. We just don't want to make it a habit. Um, you want your body to naturally produce the hormone and you have a circadian rhythm. Your body needs that it should respond to when it gets dark, your body should respond to, to, um, to, to increase melatonin and you should be able to fall asleep. Um, but we just have to do a better job of prioritizing it. And if we can stay away from electronics prior to sleep for about, a, you know, about an hour or two, now that may seem impossible, but if we can put the phones down for about an hour or two before we lay down, it may do a, a good job of helping you to get to sleep and stay asleep. Good. And I, when you said the the dark, you know, the circadian rhythm and getting dark, I'm like, that's why I've been so tired lately. It gets so dark so early here. And yeah. I'm like, by six o'clock, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so that means my body's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, it's kind supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's supposed to. You should be responding to, your body should be responding to the change uh, in daylight. Um, though it's not an appropriate time for us to, to be asleep at 6 p.m. <laughs> right. It's good that you notice. A yeah. change it, it means your body is recognizing what's going on in the environment so that's good yeah. all right so the last thing before we get into the final four of it, and I think you talked about this a little bit earlier but just kind of you know the whole capacity conversation and you 
clearly do a ton of different things. You mentioned you're still doing the travel agent stuff. You're still educating people with investing. You have your sleep coaching training that you're doing. You're a mom, you're a nine to fiver, your fiance, and then you still have to be like just you, right? With everything else you want to do, the family member, the friend, the line sister, <laughs> everything. So um, we had a really good conversation in our intro call about, you know, evaluating capacity and like the idea of balance. So can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what you were telling me and then how you look at how you look at that? Yeah, I think we we talk about the fact that I don't believe that there's this there's this thing called balance. Um, for me, it is about measuring what I'm able to do or what my capacity is. I think I talked about um, the different seasons and what's important to me in those seasons. So like in the fourth quarter, while a lot of people are making their final push, you know, whether they're a business owner and they're making that final push for me, this season is about connecting um, with family because this is usually really the only time that I see them regularly uh, between November and December. We, we see a, a ton of family at this, at this start part of the year. And so for me, it's a wind down and it's a, a reflection point of how the first three quarters of the, of the year went. I'm planning for next year around this, this season uh, as well. And so for me, the fourth quarter is really about bringing it all together, tying the whole year together and figuring out what I need to do going forward. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, it's about, you know, what are my goals <laughs> and are the things that I'm doing right now helping me to achieve those? So um, like, for instance, right now, yes, I'm a, I'm a fiance and we're planning a wedding and we're saving for that, for that wedding. So for me in this season, it's like, how can you save more money and how can you make more money <laughs> without having to leave the home since I am a mom? Um, and so it's about tapping into those prior experiences that I have or that knowledge. Um, I used to way back when fill out surveys and did you know, like, filling out surveys is a easy, you know, easy form of income. I did that years ago, but it's able, it's something I'm able to tap into now to kind of, you know, build up a little, a little petty bank of things that will ultimately be um, saved up and, and, and used for our wedding. And so it's really about the season and what I need to accomplish. Um, and then from there, I kind of charted out, I'm a Sunday night planner. You'll find me with my planner open, I want a view of the, of my week. I want a view of what my responsibilities are for the week, the things that I have to get done, get done. I try to start each day uh, with a list, which, which really is my calendar. And the things that can be bumped from day to day get bumped from, from day to day. I mean, it just, you know, it just is what it is. Um, I try to take time for myself. Um, while my child is sleeping. Um, and so I can build in that time for me. I can build in that time to spend uh, with Corey. Um, and then I try to be present um, for me. Uh, for, I try to be present for Valen uh, because, I mean, it's it's such a period right now. It's such a, this is the most important developmental stage. Um, from then they're developing secure attachment at this stage. And then by three, they've, they've kind of, they've, they've kind of figured out like where they are and they, and they may not want to spend quite as much time with you as they get older. And so I'm capitalizing on this time um, right now. So a lot of things get bumped because I need to, to give her my undivided attention since I do work from nine or well, seven to four, my nine to five from seven to four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the priorities will, will always be taken care of from day to day. And then anything I can fit, you know, on the, on either side of that, 
is is how I'll get the other things done. Yeah, I love that. And it really just goes back to your point earlier, which is why I'm loving just the kind of the the intersection of all these points here is being able to say no, you know, I can't do it because of X, Y, Z and being okay with that. Cause I think it's one thing to say it and then you have all this anxiety afterwards, which is kind of where I fall at the moment, but I don't want anybody to, I don't want it to seem like it just comes natural. There's still days where I'm like, okay, you, sh- you should have did that yesterday because now you need to do it today and you still need to do the other things that you put on your list today. So there's still, you know, some anxiety. I still have to talk myself off, <laughs> off yeah. the, the ledge sometimes. Um, but it all comes back to like, I'm doing the best that I can. And my goal is just to be 1%, you know, 1% better yeah. uh, every day. And I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, maybe light years ahead because I'm conscious of, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that like, I can't do everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm a human being and I need sleep. I can't be the sleep consultant who does not sleep. True. So, <laughs> um, and so there are some non-negotiables, you know, during the day that just, you know, I have to read for, I have to read a chapter or for at least 20 minutes a day. Like those, there are some things that I have to do. And then there are things that I want to do. And, and so the things that I want to do, if they don't immediately help me to, reach a goal or at least they don't in the next you know four to six weeks or so I just you know prioritize I put them a little bit lower on my on my list to get done yeah I love it I really enjoyed this conversation I love just you know your thought process when it in your approach when it comes to um, achieving your goals to being present in the moment um, which I think is a big big thing above just like getting things done, doing things well, um, but just being able to take it all in is, you know, what what good are we if we're just working to work? You know, we're working to create a life that we desire. Um, and yeah. I just like, I like your approach to figuring out how you can make that life and that journey work for you. So if people want to connect with you, um, Vestavia, outside of this, or want to learn more about your sleep coaching, once you put it out there, um, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me probably most often and easily on uh, Instagram at to be honest. Um, and then in January, um, you'll par- probably see me start to post a little bit about Slump to Slumber is the name of my sleep consulting business. So since we've talked, I have at least named it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there'll, there'll be content coming out soon, um, but that's also on Instagram. It'll just be yeah, Slump, slump to Slumber. Um, and yeah, those are be the probably the easiest too but if you reach out to me I mean with anything I'm I'm happy to be a resource because that is I'm the professional resource you know but I like that I like that title um, a lot awesome so and I'll make sure I link all of that too in the show notes um so if anybody's interested just be sure to check out the show notes all right so are you ready for the final four let's do it <laughs> okay so in one word or sentence how would you describe your career journey tumultuous <laughs> but in a positive way <laughs> um yeah mm-hmm. I love that's it, it. <laughs> um we in in our intro call we talked about like success mindset so what's one success mindset that you felt uh changed your life or just tra- career trajectory um I would say I guess there's 
this phrase and I don't know how long this is supposed to be but there's this uh, there's this philosopher I listen to his name is Earl Nightingale and he has a a, like a video on a recording called um The Stranger Secret and I can't really explain it I would just implore people to listen to it but it's really about the fact that you have everything that you need in you and you can do anything you literally can do and it seems like a a cliche but you you literally can do anything that you put your mind to and so for me that's been my anchor um and pretty much in my nine to five and in and in my entrepreneurial journey as well as my journey in motherhood I love it and I'll make sure I link that link to that as well because I think that I would love to watch it too um what is a life lesson that you want your daughter to master that is okay to make mistakes and to not know exactly what path you're headed down. I I feel like for me, we've gone such the traditional route. Um, You know, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And and you'll hear me say that a lot. I did everything that was prescribed (laughs) and we got to high school and we got to college and I still was not able to articulate what, it is that I want to do what my passion is. And for her, I really want her to not be afraid to explore the things that she's interested in and leave them if they don't serve and and, if, and leave them if they no longer serve her. Um, and then it's okay to, you know, to make mistakes that you're a human being and that you can always, you know, go back and fix and you'll learn from them. I mean, it's all about the, the, the lesson uh, rather than the mistake. Um, but for me, I think I, I take failing, I take the lessons hard, too hard sometimes or too personally. Um, and for her, I just want her to be able to, to know that you have support either way anything goes and that like it's fine and expected that you'll learn lessons throughout life. And finally, what's a resource that you recommend to my audience to help them grow either personally or professionally? <laughs> okay, um, two books. Atomic Habits or The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I'm a personal development geek and those two um, really just help change the way I think uh, about approaching problems, approaching, you know, experiences. Those those two right there would definitely change your life, to say the least. (laughs) And I can speak, definitely speak to uh, Atomic Habits. I read it and I'm going to reread it again because it was just so (laughs) So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And this, I'm just super excited to, to let people hear this. So thank you. <laughs> of course. I was like, I know I'm a, I'm a bit of a all over the place type person. Um, but I know that there are other people out there like me who, who are just like, I like this and that, and that's okay. So yeah. <laughs> they'll love it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to share, subscribe, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Also, join the tribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Perfect Creative Tribe. I'm here every Monday, so I'll see you guys next week. Love and light.